the book of Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5, and we're going to read here in verse number 15. We have uh, been preaching here out of this sermon series on the walk, the wisdom, and the will of God. And uh, we have been covering uh, some of the ways that we walk with the Lord. Amen. Our walk with Him signifying our relationship with Him. And uh, last week, we were preaching on the command given to walk circumspectly, to walk circumspectly, to take heed, to pay attention, to see, to look at to what is going on. And so, uh, looking at that, but we're going to read here again, Ephesians 5, and simply in verse uh, number 15 where the Bible here says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Amen. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Can we pray together tonight? Ask the Lord to help us. Father, once again, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. I pray you would bless and anoint tonight your word. Anoint the ears that hear, the hearts to receive, my mind and lips to preach. Always our prayer is that we would leave here different than the way that we have come. And Father, we thank you tonight, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, sir. Okay. All right. So uh, here about 30 minutes ago, Benjamin did go back for the MRI, so they had uh, moved it here to this evening. I do know I didn't mention this, but uh, Friday... Um, and and maybe maybe that's barring upon what they see here on the MRI tonight. But Friday they are supposed to try to take a biopsy, and so just if you will put that on your prayer list, Amen. Um, Tonight here in the Word of God, if I can just uh, recap here one or two things uh, we had, as I mentioned, we had talked about and we've seen here out of Ephesians 5, there are three specific commands in the way in which we are to walk. Uh, we find here in the beginning of Ephesians, the Word of God reminds us that we are to walk in the light. Uh, I'm sorry, to walk in love. And then we find that we are commanded to walk in light. And then we are commanded to walk circumspectly. Amen. We had discussed the fact that to be, uh, th that circumspectly simply means that we take heed. We are paying attention to circumstances and also to potential consequences. This simply meaning and entailing what it is to be prudent. We understand that in every place of our life, that as we are walking with God and in our relationship with God, that we see it is a necessity. The Word of the Lord reminds us uh, here in and out, uh, uh, out of reading out of our text, we find in Ephesians 5 and 14, it says, Awake! 
thou that sleepest. And we said last week there is that call for us, amen, us in the church, that we would come to our senses, that we would wake up, and that we would pay attention, amen. We find in the Word of God that there is the parable that Jesus teaches us about the ten virgins, five wise and five were foolish. And we find that those that were foolish, their foolishness was excuse me, over the fact of their slumber, over the fact of their lack of paying attention, amen, to the oil that was in their lamps. And when time had run out, we find, Brother Hill, that due to the fact they were not walking circumspectly, they had missed the bridegroom, amen. They had missed the coming of the Lord. We find and we see that in this time and in this hour there is much that has distracted us there is much that has lulled us to sleep there is much that has caused us to become complacent much that has caused us to shirk our responsibilities, godly responsibilities and I believe with all of my heart if there's ever been a day when God is trying to shake and wake up, amen, a world, and most importantly, his church. Now is that day. Now is that time, amen. Once you understand, when I think about the fact of the Scripture, and we've referenced it here a couple of different times, but where the Word of God reminds us that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And uh, we think of that sometimes in the shaking of the things of this world such as what we're seeing across the landscape of our world today and that is true but I also think of Sister Gay the fact that the act of shaking is when you are grabbing somebody amen has anybody ever been shook real good have you ever done something you know those um, you know those uh, rumble strips on the side of the road Has anybody been acquainted with any of those before? Uh Uh-huh. You'd be going along. I remember one one evening I had uh, been preaching a service in Arkansas. And uh, I was heading home. I had been at another meeting, uh, wrapped up, went Saturday, stayed the night in Arkansas, preached all day Sunday. And on this particular trip, the girls were at home, and I was just ready to get home. So after service was over, I told everybody at the church goodbye, put fuel in the truck, and I headed out. And I had a pretty good drive ahead of me. And uh, it got there, Brother Chad, about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I got in behind a fellow who was cruising right along and we might have been stretching the limits just a little bit. But Brother Pickens, my philosophy was if the cop's going to pull me over, he's got to get him too. Amen. And since I was following him, I thought I'll just, you know, kind of point the finger so I'm just going with the flow of traffic. Amen. 
And we was the only two on the road at that time in the morning. But anyhow, there's a few times in that trip, Brother Chad, that I'd get to going and you hear the hum of the highway and you kind of get settled in and it was chilly outside, so I'd clicked on that heated seat. That's kind of a bad thing to do when it's that early driving. And I'd get to going there and Sister Polly, all of a sudden, boy, it's not, it's not too long. You can get a little bit sleepy. And thank God for rumble strips. Come on, somebody. I mean, you're going over there, and I mean, just shaking uh, everything in the truck shakes. I mean, I normally keep some uh, change there in the, in the little console of the truck and, and uh, just, you know, for, uh, that's to help the gas fund and, and I'll keep it there. And so, boy, you hit those rumble sti- uh, strips and all that change. I mean, it just sounds like everything's coming apart. And Sister Kaylee, you just set up a little bit straighter, don't you? you just, it just kind of wakes you up. And can I say tonight that there is much around us. There is much around us. We can, if we're not careful, we can have the mindset to say, well, I'm just kind of cozy and I'm kind of comfortable and I've been in this thing for a little while and you know the uh, church is predictable and uh, you know the things of God are very familiar to me and all of this kind of thing and and can I say, I, I do. I, I, take some, I take some resolve that there are some things, Brother Coleman, uh, that bring us some comfort. There are some things that are unchanging we can rest in. But I will say this, that there is danger. There is danger when we get real comfortable and we get to the mindset of that this is how it's been. This is how it's always going to be. This is how I've done it. This is how I'm always going to do it. Friends, can I say we as a church, we cannot live in such a mindset. We cannot live in such a practice. I don't care if you've sung the hymns a hundred thousand times in your life. If you've heard every message from Genesis to Revelation preached. If you've heard every evangelist and you've been in every camp meeting. If you've seen all of this and that and we get all petrified in the pew. But may God one more time shake us and awake us out of sleep and see where we are see what's going on be mindful of what's taking place can I say this church is that I know it's an old adage but ignorance it's not bliss ignorance will cost you some things ignorance turning a blind eye not dealing with the spirit man Not surrendering ourselves, not yielding to the will of God, not paying attention to our walk with God. It will cost you dearly. As a matter of fact, there's no other way to say it. The only outcome is death. A death physically and terribly enough so, a death spiritually. You see, in all of the preaching, it's rare that we hear anymore. We talk about in heaven living forever. But I want to remind you, church, that in hell we die forever. And there is, there's no purgatories. There's no in-betweens. There's no, uh, nobody's going to pray you out of one place and get you into the other. It's not. It is what decisions we have made and how we are living, how we are walking right now is what makes all the difference. 
And in saying this tonight, as we look around, and the Word of God said to look circumspectly. And I I shared with you last week, the word circum there means like a sphere, around. And in the Latin root, it's simply, when you interpret this word, it means to look around. We find the Word of God in the effort for the church to awake. That Christ was dealing and even preaching in His time of earthly ministry, of the things that he said when you see these things he said you had better look up amen because your salvation is nearer than it ever been redemption draweth nigh I had heard just the other day of a conversation with a young man who had grown up in the church with a young man who brother Chad has known the word of God with a young man that has had an experience with God I'm not just talking about a religion experience but he has had a life changing experience with God he grew up knowing those things but today so blinded so asleep that he would say uh, there was conversation about the things of the world and somebody mentioned and said if there's a time that to get right and to be living for the Lord we better be doing it now and his rebuttal was this well I've got mixed feelings on that said I've heard that all of my life I've heard that forever and I just don't know if all of that is true all these things been going on forever and the person having that conversation said yes said they've been saying that from the time that Jesus ascended and it's been preached it's been saying it's been talked about and even though generations have heard it it doesn't make it any less true as a matter of fact in an hour where the church has become so lackadaisical about the coming of the Lord and the work of the ministry that is a time we'd better say I'd better be looking because in that hour that you think not that's what reverberated in my mind when I heard about this conversation and that young man When he said, well, I've got mixed emotions. That's always been talked about. Everybody's always said. And in my heart, Sister Amy, I said, Lord, help him in an hour that you think not. Well, Brother Jacob, you're just like all the others in the fact you're just trying to scare us straight. No, what I am doing is I'm just telling you some facts. I'm telling you the truth of God's word. And I'm telling you something that I have to remind myself It is easy to get busy. It is easy to get just get into the routine of things. It is easy just to fall into all of the things, the habits and and the things of this life and 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 not be caught. And not be aware. Hey man, I'm telling you, every one of us, we must allow the Lord, excuse me, to deal with us, to shake us once again. As we have been talking about. Walking circumspectly, we find here in this text that the Word of God, it follows it with this. Walk circumspectly. Look at what's going on around you. It said, not as fools, but as wise. And so if I may transition into this thought of wisdom, but before we get into wisdom, the Lord really dealt with me about a few things Because the first thing that is commanded here says, not as fools. Don't be foolish. 
Don't come to a point in a place to where you are irresponsible. To where these things are, if you might use the term, a laughing matter. To where they are things that, well, you think you can take it or leave it. And so God began to deal with my heart. And, and uh, before we get into teaching on some of the things of wisdom, I believe it's important to see why. Why it is critically needed in this day. Why is wisdom needed? Because as we are commanded not to walk as fools, what does foolishness look and sound like? If we don't recognize foolish behavior... We will overlook the need for wisdom or lack the desire to pursue wisdom. Hear what I'm saying. If there's one thing I believe it is safe to say, is that one thing that is an operation in the church as a whole. And so when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the church as a whole entity. Is that there is a lot of foolishness going on in the lives of God's people. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to shout the house down tonight. We're just going to, we're just going to talk about some things. I may, not, I may not get all ex excited and sweaty, but I want to be real clear about what I'm saying tonight. Because there are things that are foolish that are going on in our personal lives and foolishness that translates from our personal lives and it infects your family. And when it infects your family, it infects the church. You hear what I'm saying? It, we are not exempt. And I will tell you right now that this flesh, if you let flesh have its way, flesh is foolish. It is foolish. Let me first state this. There's many things when you begin to research and, and look at foolishness or how fools operate in Scripture. The Bible, Sister Linda, has much to say on the subject. And I will not pretend that I will be able to cover it all. We might break this up a little bit. But I first want to say that one of the things that is paramount to me that stands out to me is this. The Bible gives us this declaration. It says the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. When we subtract God out of the equation, when we try to remove him out of the equation, friends, I'm telling you there is a price to pay. It exhibits itself in foolishness, in death and destruction. Well, Brother Jacob, you're preaching to the choir tonight because everybody in this building believes that there is a God. And let me clarify what I mean tonight. Because we might be able to say, yes, I believe there is a God. Yes, I know He's powerful. Yes, I know that He loves me. Yes, I know He died on the cross. We can and say all the things that we think that we are supposed to know, Brother Gary, about him. But tonight, one thing that has been dealing with my heart uh, that Jacob Smith has to look at personally, and I believe that God would want to challenge us with, uh, is that when we delve off into foolish behaviors, foolish addictions, foolish thoughts, foolish feeling, feelings, and foolish dealings within the 
church is when with our lips we can say there is a God but yet in our hearts it is far from him and in our actions and attitudes you may not say it with your lips but sometimes in our living we are might as well make the declaration there is no God why would you say that brother Jacob to the church crowd tonight we're your Wednesday night people you shouldn't say that to us because here's what I believe if we are not careful we invite God and believe him to be God in certain places of our lives but there are other places in our lives in our behavior in our thoughts where we don't want God anywhere around we don't want him to deal with us we don't want him to convict us we will put up our guard we will put up our justifications we will give our reasons why we don't why we don't have to and why we don't want to friends I want to say that if we live with such an attitude then we are foolish and we have removed God out of the equation of our life I want to remind you I we cannot have him Lord in just one place he's got to be Lord in all places of our lives amen brother James thank you very much I'll keep preaching thank you brother James I'll encourage myself in the Lord come on here there's some sometimes that we boy I mean we have the law of things down to every I dotted and T crossed and bless God, this is what God says. This is what God wants. But then there are some places in our lives where God has no say so. We run like rebellious children. We're going to do our thing. We're going to make ways that we can be a part of things that we want to be a part of. There are areas of our life that we get mad and bristled up if preaching is about certain things because we think the preacher's meddling. We think the pastor has no business to speak about certain things in our lives. And let me tell you something. You know, Brother Jacob, you know I love you. You know that I don't spend my time tucking my nose in other people's business. But I will say this, is that I I will be remiss as a man of God and I've got to give account to God when I stand before him that I have delivered to you the full counsel of God's word. Can I say is that we have come and arrived at a place within the church that we think that we've gotten so intelligent. We think that we have gotten so uh, so wise in our own selves. Oh, there was a time that there are things that the that older generation the old saints they would stand up against they would not tolerate it they would not bow down to it and we now we're in a generation where there are things we'll snicker at the old folks we'll laugh at the ones who used to do such and such and believe in such a way I'm telling you friends tonight we must recognize and realize that we are not smarter than God we do not know better than God we are not him we don't know all of his plan and purpose we don't know his will and his way and can I say tonight there are those let 
me just give you some examples if I may. You don't mind me preaching hell is hot and heaven is wonderful but don't you dare brother Jake start saying anything that would offend me about my children. Don't you preach on specific sins that maybe my babies are involved in. There are some that would say I believe he's God enough to heal me but you don't think he's God enough to provide for you because you ain't ever paid a tithe. You ain't ever given an offering. You ain't ever surrendered your finances to heaven. Come on here. Well, I, I don't want to hear your excuse. I don't want to hear your excuse. I know a pastor. I know a pastor in Corpus Christi. Brother Zuniga. Brother Zuniga been pastoring the same church for many, many years. And I heard the story firsthand from his brother who was in the service with him. And he said, a man walked up in an altar service as having special prayer. And that man walked up, Brother Pickens, and he was up there bawling and squalling. And he said, oh, Pastor Zuniga, he said, I need God to provide for me in a supernatural, supernatural way. I need money and I need it now. Kind of sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? I need, I don't remember. I know it's J.G. Wentworth. I know that much. I need my cash. I need it now. Something like that. And that's what he said. He's up there crying, Brother Keith. He said, oh, he said, I, I, need, I need a financial blessing. And Brother Zuniga, Brother Zuniga got a hold of me. He said, hey, he said, hey, look at me. You know, because he was up there slobbering and snotting everywhere. Brother Zuniga, he didn't, he didn't care if he was going to hurt his feelings. He said, look at me. He said, I want to ask you one question. He said, do you pay your tithe? He said, uh, well, n- n- uh, no. He said, then how can I, biblically speaking, pray that God bless your finances when you have not surrendered your finances to him. He said, friends, you will keep being in a financial pit until you give it unto him. Oh, Brother Jake, he must have saw a financial report and he's upset. No, no. The last financial report I saw for last month, we were very blessed. Thank God. But let me tell you this. The point that I'm getting at is if we're not careful, we are foolish when we are acting in such a way to say there is no God in this part of my life. I will believe this way, but on this other stuff, well, it's optional, Sister Gloria. Well, on this thing over here, well, I I ain't got to do this. Did you know that there are biblical mandates for marriage? There are biblical mandates even for those who would want to date or date. Did you know there's biblical mandates for raising your children? Did you know that there's biblical mandates for how you behave or submit to the authority that God has placed over your life? We have to understand that if we do not get these things in check, if we don't wake up and pay attention, then we might as well make a declaration. There is no God. There it, well, Brother Jake, you're talking extreme. I don't think I am. I don't think, thank you, Brother Pickens, I don't think I am. Because here's the thing, I've watched too many people in the church who are trying to serve God and climb out of the quicksand and they can't. 
They can't. They're praying for deliverance every weekend. They're praying for God to help them every I mean, every service they need resuscitated. Every week they got to have revival fresh and anew. Every, I mean, every time we come together, somebody's dying all over again. We, we didn't make it three services and we're back. I mean, we're down. We're depressed. We're suffocating. What's wrong? What I would challenge anybody, and I say it in love, is to ask yourself, Lord, am I being foolish are there things in my life that must be surrendered and submitted are there things in my life that are in agreement with your word and you can get mad at me tonight but I'm not preaching anything other than the Bible and so if you got a problem with me you first got a problem with God we must understand is that it is foolishness. He said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Does it sound eerily familiar to Satan's rebuttal to Eve as she stood at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What did he say to her? Brother Steve, he said to her, has God said Eve had said, we've got access to everything but this. Has God said? The large part and problem of the modern day church is there a lot of people who are convinced that God has not spoken in certain areas of their lives. But I want to tell you, friends, they're not reading the same book I am because God has a plan for his church to live holy, to live righteous, to live victorious, and to be ready for his coming he does not want to keep us in the dark he does not want to keep us in a place that as fools we send ourselves over the cliff into a devil's hell brother Jake normally you're a little bit more light hearted I'm just telling you we have got to make up our mind can I ask us tonight can I ask us when will we be tired of entertaining such foolishness? You can say all day long, I'm tired. I'm tired of this going on in my life. I'm tired of that going on. I'm tired of this situation. Are you really? Because if you really are tired of it, you heard the old saying, if, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And Brother Willie, what happens is, is when we reach that point in that place, and we're ready to give it all over to God. I'm telling you, he will completely change the situation. You will find you go from being a victim every day to walking victoriously in the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? I didn't say perfection, Preston. We're not talking, we're not perfect people. We aren't, they ain't, a, they ain't a one of us that's perfect. But I can say this is that I do know I ain't got to bow down to sin every day. I ain't got to be a fool every day. I ain't got to be irresponsible every day. I ain't got to be a cuss on Monday. Sunday and be a saint on Sunday. Hear what I'm saying tonight, church. That is foolishness. Foolishness is an earmark of rebellion. It's an earmark of rebellion. Know what the Bible says? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of who? A child. It amazes me. Some of you parents, brace yourselves. I'm going to pick on us for a minute. 
It amazes me. Parents, that'll let a four, five, six, and let's go a little bit further. 13, 14, 15-year-old, tell them what they're going to do. Tell them where they're going to go. Tell them where they ain't going to go. Let me, just say, let me just make something abundantly clear. If I would have ever spoke to my mother that way, I would not be alive today. I promise you. I'd rather, I'd rather, I would have been six foot under right now. Would have been in the presence of Jesus. But we have, we have a host, a host of people that operate with such foolishness. Children calling the shots. Children deciding. You wonder why there's such upheaval on these transgender laws? It's because of folks who think their four-year-old kids got a right to tell their parents what gender they are. It's a mess. It's sick. It's foolishness. And if God equates foolishness to that of a child, what he equates it to is the fact that foolishness is an earmark not only of rebellion, but immaturity. We have many in the church that want recognition, they want platform. They want prestige. They want a certain title. But they are not mature enough to handle it. Just not. How do you know, Brother Jake? You let them sit across from me and I've got to correct them on something and they blow up and they're going to leave the church over it? There's your answer. There's your answer. We have reached a point as to where if rebellion doesn't get us, but you see, for me, it's hard to not tie the two together. Rebellion and immaturity work together. There ought to be a way. Can I say this? For every child of God, there ought to be a standard of excellence by which we operate. We are children of the, the King. The King. The King. We are His children. And so there should be a code of conduct. There should be a way of ethics. There should be a sense of respect and honor that is showed to people. There should be a sense of things that we are God's people. Again, I'm not preaching perfection. But I'm saying that when we will eliminate foolishness out of our lives. When we can surrender these things to God. Because how many times, I'll tell on the pastor. Has Jacob Smith said, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not. You want me to say this, Lord? Jonah. The thing was, there was the only problem with revival in Nineveh was not the Ninevites. It was Jonah, the preacher. Rebellious. Foolish. So God says, I'll take care of your foolishness. I'll have that fish swallow you up and you'll stay in the belly of that stinky old fish three days. And Jonah's in there praying, crying out to God. Can I tell you something? Why do we have to get to such desperate places before we're willing to listen to what God has to say? Foolishness bound up in our hearts. It is a sign of rebellion and it is a sign of immaturity. 
When we do not handle, when we want to throw our temper tantrums, when we want to have a fit, when it's not going our way, how many times do we find that even within the church, and it's not just with people, sometimes it is ourselves with God. We're throwing temper tantrums. We're saying, God, you didn't answer this prayer, and you didn't do it this way, and you didn't do it that way, and whatever the case might be. And there's folks, I mean, they will throw their hands up, walk away, whatever the case might be. We have got to be careful foolishness he said don't walk as fools brother Danny if you'd come he said don't walk as fools but as wise we're going to pick up on a couple more things but tonight I believe the Lord would have us to remember is that a rebellious spirit has God said there is no God Satan, when he was kicked out of heaven, the Bible says he within himself said, I shall be like God. And how many of us today in places of our lives that we have reached the point to say, I'm the boss of this situation. I am God in this situation. Rebellion, foolishness, immaturity. Immaturity in the way that we would handle God's dealing. Can I ask you tonight, when God deals with you, do you brush it off? Do you get angry about it? Puff up for a little while? Say that Brother Jacob just don't understand. Why would he preach that way? Why would he say that? We just, you know, he don't, he don't understand the ins and outs of my life. He don't know my past, where I've been from. I want to tell everybody in here something. Every one of us have a story. Every one of us have some pain. Every one of us have some situations. Paul said it like this. He said, and I'm just going to paraphrase. He said, when I became a man, he said, I put away childish things. What was he referring to? Sister Gwen, he was referring to foolishness. I quit getting tied up in foolishness. We're going to talk about the foolishness of our feelings. We're going to talk about the foolishness of our attitudes and our words. If we're not careful, we get into this. If I want you just to think about it for a moment. So much of our pain and so much of our problem is tied to how we get foolish about stuff. We get all worked up. Can I, can I just tell you this? I am through Arguing with saved people over stupid stuff. My efforts are concentrated on the lost. My heart's concentrated on the lost. You want to talk to me about convictions, where you're going, how to dress, all this kind of stuff that people get bent out of shape over? We ain't going to argue that stuff. There's people dying and going to hell. And the devil has the church turned on its head and turned on itself dealing with foolishness. And folks can't be won. Folks can't be saved. And we don't have time, Brother Pickens, to, to be so silly, to be so ignorant. God, help us. God, forgive us. God, deal with us. And I'm challenging you tonight, church. I, I want God to challenge me. This just ain't me up here preaching to you and you better do this and you better do that. I know I've got to look and say, Jacob, don't get called up. Don't get distracted. 
Don't get sidetracked by foolish things. Don't get a rebellious spirit. Don't act like God's not involved in this part of your life, but you want Him in that. Don't get called up in immaturity. Don't get called up in the he saids, they saids, she did, he did. Don't get called up in that stuff. It'll cost you. Too many people sitting on our church pews and they're bitter and they're dead inside. Haven't felt God in a long time because you're still, you still got stuff tied up from years ago. You got stuff tied up years ago. You're bitter. It's foolishness. I'm not minimizing your pain, but I'm just telling you. But to still be living under that mindset, it's foolish. It's foolish. It'll cost you. It'll cost you. Can we bow our heads tonight? Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I know that at times your word, it's that sword and it cuts. But Lord, I pray, I'm, I'm going to start with me. Cut away the things that don't need to be foolish attitudes. How can I be wise if I am involved with foolishness? How can I be wise? How can I walk with you? If I find myself rebellious in my heart, where Jacob wants to call the shots, where Jacob wants to do what he wants to do, where I have eliminated you and essentially said, there is no God in this place of my life. Maybe tonight, maybe tonight it's the fact that, Lord, I've been called up in immaturity. I haven't carried myself I won't carry myself with wisdom. I will always undermine the progress of God's work. I will always find problem and conflict because I am immature in the handling of my responsibilities, in the handling of correction, in the handling of submission to authority. Forgive me. Forgive us. Challenge us. For Lord, if we're going to walk close with you, there's got to be a discipline in that walk. There's got to be a life. If we're going to be wise, then we first have to realize and recognize our foolishness and see our need for the wisdom of God. And tonight, if your prayer is this, if you'd say, Pastor, I don't want, there to, I don't want to be caught up in foolishness. I don't want, and I'm speaking specifically tonight, I don't know why tonight, these two specific things, but if there are traces, if there are bits of rebellion and immaturity in the way that you are handling the affairs, the things of God, maybe handling things in your family, maybe handling things on your job, whatever the case might be, we need to get it right. We need to ask God's help. We need to ask God's forgiveness. We need to submit ourselves. And Lord, I need your wisdom to be the man, the woman you'd have me to be. If that's us tonight, I'm going to ask us, can we come? And can we spend some time around these altars? Can we tonight just call upon the name of the Lord? Can we ask Him to help us tonight? Can we ask Him to search our hearts tonight? Can we ask Him, Lord, say, oh God, help me. Help me that I'm not called up, bound up, operating in foolishness. 
Oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Oh, change me. Oh, change me.